0: Hello and welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church annual read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens, because of who Jesus is and what He has done. I am Esther, and I'll be your host. Today we'll be looking at Proverbs 21.5 and 24.27. It reads, the plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. What is Solomon essentially saying? He's saying before you build the house, the preparation must be made. Well, this principle actually applies to anything and everything in life. That before we build anything, whether it may be a family, a family, a home, a business, whatever it is, preparation must be made. Now I was thinking about building a house, which I've never done, and I don't think I will ever do. But I looked up a step-to-step guide on all that needs to be done to build a house and the preparation of the materials, of measuring, the calculation that needs to happen. And here are just a few of the many. You are to prepare the construction site and pour the foundation to install insulation, complete drywall and interior fixtures. Man, some of these things, I don't even know. And it says finish mechanical trims, install bathroom fixtures, and go so and so it continues to go on. Now that's a lot of preparation that needs to be made, but it's worth it. The preparation is worth it. The perfection is worth it. The calculating is worth it. The cost is worth it. When you think about one day the house becoming a home, a place where furniture will be in there, where families will be in there, where friends will be invited and families will be raised and memories be made. Now, when I think about someone who's done an incredible job in scripture to build a house for himself, but also the Lord, I think about David. In 2 Samuel 7 verses 1 to 3, King David was living in his palace, and the Lord had given him peace from all of his enemies around him. Then David said to Nathan the prophet, look, I am living in a place made of cedar wood, but the ark of God is in a tent. Nathan said to the king, go and do what you really want to do, because the Lord is with you. Now, um, I remember a time when my little cousin, his name is Tim, and Tim loved his mom, still loves his mom, but loved his mom when he was young. And I remember he said one time, Mom, I'm going to get rich and I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to buy a house next to mine and I'm going to make sure you live in it. And I remember hearing that and thinking that that was the heart of David, 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 clearly in scripture says that the Lord gave him peace and favor and prosperity and he was living in a palace but he saw the state that he was living in and he saw where the ark of God was and he thought it was ridiculous that where God was living was less than where he was and he was um he was passionate about setting up a house, building a house for the Lord that was worthy of who he was. And it says that God was pleased with that because Nathan, the prophet said, Hey, what you really want to do that desire in your heart, go and do that. God is pleased with that desire. God is pleased with David's desire, but is also clear with David that he wouldn't be the one that would actually accomplish that either. In first Chronicles chapter 28, verse three, it said, but God said to me, David, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a warrior and have shed blood. Now, what does David do then? Because he knows that God gave him permission to build a house, but he wasn't going to be the one who would build it. So what does David do? He plans and he prepares. I'm going to say that one more time. He plans and he prepares. He does two things. He plans and prepares the building but he also plans and prepares the builder. He prepares and plans the building by using a, his connections with Lebanon to get the best cedar wood, the wood, and the supplies that measure up to the holiness and the glory of God. He communicates with his allies and networks with those that have the best resources so that he can get the best stuff for God. But he also prepares the builder. David prepares the resources, but he prepares his son who will steward the building, launch the building, dedicate the building, and celebrate God in the building as well. It's kind of like this. David knew that you don't just save up money and then give it to your kids. You save money for them, but you also teach them how to steward it as well. In the scriptures, in 1 Chronicles 20, 11, it says this, David gave to his son Solomon the blueprint for the temple porch, its building, its treasuries, its upper areas, its upper room, the room for atonement. He gave him the blueprints of all he envisioned for the courts of the Lord's temple, all the surrounding rooms, the storehouses of God's temple, and the storehouses for the holy items. He gave him the regulations for the divisions of priests and Levites for all the assigned responsibilities within the Lord's temple and for all the items used in the service of the Lord's temple. He gave him the prescribed weight for all the gold items to be used in various types of service in the Lord's temple. For all the silver items to be used in various type of service. For the gold lamp stamps and their gold lamps, including the weight of each lamp stamp and its lamp. For the silver lamp stamp, including the weight of each lamp stand and its lamps, according to the prescribed use of each lamp stand. I mean, it continues to go on until verse 19. David was fixed on not just building a house for the Lord, but preparing it, preparing the building, but also preparing the builder. David had a holy ambition to honor and glorify God and God loved it. And knowing that God is holy and that David had bloodshed, he didn't care that it wouldn't end up being him that would build it. What he, all that he cared was that it was going to be built and he wanted to contribute and prepare and plan as much as he could and to participate as much as he could because although he may not have gotten the credit, his son, namely Solomon, and the next generation would benefit from his prayer, planning, and preparation. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, for me, I'm tempted to plan for my sake and just for my sanity because I want to set myself up for success. However, David thought about how it would set others up for success. You know, throughout the years of walking with Jesus and walking with the Spirit, I've learned that planning is crucial because when we don't plan, we actually default to rushing. And one of the biggest ways we miss the opportunities to see God in our lives is when we rush. Have you heard someone say, stop to smell the roses? Well, when we fail to plan and prepare and pray, we are positioning ourselves to make quick and impulsive decisions without being able to lean in to the wisdom and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Paul says to the church in Galatia to live by the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, and to keep in step with the Spirit. This is what it looks like for me that when I found out I was pregnant with Kinsley, I had to make some major adjustments and changes in my life. That when I went to Disneyland, I didn't go on any more roller coasters, that I was encouraged not to eat any more raw sushi. I mean, if anyone knows me, you know how I feel about my seafood. Um, I was told to take a uh, lower uh, intake of caffeine. Um, now, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that once I began to be aware of the life inside of me, I made every plan and decision and awareness of that life in me. And I know I named all the things that I couldn't do, but when it comes to diligent planning, it actually enables us to be more free. Studies say a person makes over 35,000 decisions every day, and that's a lot. Once I became a mom, I feel like that doubled. Anyhow, I have learned that diligent planning, prayer, and planning enables me to minimize decisions I need to make without the peace and awareness of God. We get to live in response to God and not merely reactive to our circumstances and situations. It's kind of like how Facebook CEO and Steve Jobs wear the same clothes. They want to minimize um, and eliminate any bombarding, overloading, and overwhelming. And they plan so that they could be more alert to make the best decisions that can in their high capacity. Now, some of you guys may be thinking about all the different reasons why you don't plan or prepare. Maybe it's your personality. And honestly, that's the same for me too. I used to be like that. But I actually think that when we plan in pencil, we actually are more attentive to God writing it over in pen. We're not offended and we're not really afraid. We shouldn't be too afraid or paralyzed by fear or disappointment to pick up the pen pencil. Uh, if we make a mistake, he paid the ultimate price with his blood to redeem and write our story. And we know that God is a planner, that God plans by God planned by sending his one and only son. It says in Galatians four, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born of the law to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus' birth was planned to whom the Virgin Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem that he would grow up in Nazareth uh, what kind of dad that he would have be that he be a carpenter's son and that he would grow up working with wood and that he would one day die on wood that he would that his first miracle would be water turning into wine and that around the age of 33 he would die on the cross and bear the wrath of God for you and I That also means God planned you being here, your birthday, your personality, your gifting, your family, your calling, and your purpose. He's planned all of that. And he has imparted to us a ability to pay attention to him and to plan, pray, and prepare in accordance to his will so that we can set ourselves and those around us for success and more than anything so that we can walk with the Spirit. Lord God, as we plan and pray and prepare, we want to partner with you in building your house and your kingdom and not our own. I pray that whether it directly benefits us or not, we pray that our planning and our sowing in prayer and preparation will not go wasted and that it will not return to you in void and that it will do what you desire for it to accomplish. We pray, God, that you be glorified in the extra work that we do in our planning and preparation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.